Welcome to Umami Conversation. We would like to acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg and Kanihuahua or Mohawk peoples on whose land we are recording today. Miigwech. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. It is Umami Conversations, one word, and on Twitter under Umami underscore convos with an s at the end enjoy this episode be blessed this episode is tagged as sensitive content it is very descriptive so please tune in when you will feel ready and if you are going for it do not forget to breathe it makes it, it challenges um, many things, you know, in, in, in our womanhood. And, and even if we don't want to, even if we don't subscribe to that, it's just like really hard to like not take it personal again. Sometimes our yeah. body like, hello, this is what you're supposed to do, you know, like, mm. you know. And the worst, I think, part, um, at least the way I felt was that um, I felt like I had to go through so much. Like I didn't um, feeling pain when I gave birth to my daughter. I have been in pain for so long before mm. she came, you know, and I've had mm. to have surgeries and all kinds of invasive testing and all mm. kinds of like drinking pills and, and mm. puking and yeah. passing out, you know, and like having all kinds of heavy, heavy periods and pain that is like so so horrible that you're like, mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, mm. and um, so there's a lot of pain there, and so you feel like, yeah. man, at least if I'm not gonna have a baby, can I just not have all the complications, you know? Literally. But on top of the pain that you feel in your heart, um, kind of like of not being able to conceive, but also then all the physical pain that you feel in your body because your body is sick in many you've been yeah. cut also that's that's Ooh, it's like that first surgery that i had was it was only a laparoscopy which is basically like a c-section but without a baby without a baby and mm. you know you get incisions you get three incisions you know they go in they clean you and they take uh, it's very invasive just to check what you have but they took the advantage that I was open and they cleaned me so that I could, mm-hmm. you know, ha- mm-hmm. get better chances of, of get it, having a baby. But that didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it took me so many months to recuperate. I know they say if after three weeks, you're going to be fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, even driving hurt me you know, mm. um, and it took me a while and I was like super traumatized about it. My, when I heard I had to get another surgery, I was like, nope, I am not getting a surgery. Like, mm. that's it. And then my doctor was such so great. She was like, you know, technology has come a long way in the past four years, five years. Like, mm-hmm. I can do this uh, vaginally with a camera, you know, like I can mm. come go in, clean your uterus. And mm-hmm. you truly are going to feel better after three days. And she was mm-hmm. so right. Like after two, wow. three days, I felt completely so fine. And so I didn't have to get like a full incision and everything like I did before. 
So it's important to know that so that if ever you want to ask your doctor about other alternatives, other ways of like doing things, this could be like a good pointer, you know. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so My glad. <laughs> in your thoughts. <laughs> sorry? Yeah, I, I'm speaking yeah. to Ama. I think I see that she's really, she's like thinking, oh, <laughs> absorbing her the information. Because <laughs> um, I have like a bunch of things I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> We're approaching the hour mark. Yeah, we are. Um, but I, I kind of want to shift just a little bit away from from infertility. Uh, so during one of our episodes, one of our past episodes, we had a um, one of our guests said something. She made a statement. I felt like that statement was like super, I thought it was pretty deep. And I just want to see what school of thought uh, you're, you're in. And the statement that she made was that um, she was like, when she was younger, she really wanted to be a mother. And right now she's at a, she's at a place where she's not a mother yet. Um, but one of the things that she got to believe in is that um, motherhood could be represented in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, motherhood is creation. I would say, would you agree with such a statement that motherhood is creation and not just birthing a child? First of all, I think that's like a wonderful statement um, because I think that as women, you know, I think it, it would be wrong to say that you are not able to birth anything else but humans because we see women creating and changing the world in so many different ways. And I'm going to tell you that every time we had a dream that we were having a baby throughout the years, um, it was usually a time where we were birthing something special, a project. Uh, we, My husband and I both, we have jobs and careers that are very much service oriented. So, you know, we have had great opportunities to work with people from different walks of life and to be able to serve communities and serve people in different ways and um, that I consider that such a great opportunity but the fact that we had that space the time and even the means to be able to create those things and birth them because we didn't have a little person to take care of at that time because a baby is all consuming yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, and the fact that we were able to do that I, I you know I was able to birth a creative projects you know that were um, that were featured in in wonderful publications and that made way for other great projects you know um, open doors to be able to work and to explore and try new things um, so I think that definitely, um, uh, you know, motherhood doesn't have to um, be interpreted um, in one way. Mm-hmm. Having experienced both sides of the coin, mm-hmm. I'm going to say definitely there is a, there is a, the, nothing takes away from the experience of giving birth to a child or to 
have a child come into your life, whether it's biologically or not. Uh, just the life of a child in your life is changes your life so deeply and so like all encompassing, you know. Um, and I would, I would be cautious to compare that type of birthing to let's say a company or something. I'm not going to say one is harder than the other or mm -hmm. one is more deeper than the other. It depends mm -hmm. on the person that you are and the kind of life you want to have. Mm -hmm. right. And I think that you should explore that. You know, I think that's, but, but if you're where you are in your life, that's the type of birthing experience that you are going through. Embrace mm -hmm. it, you know, that, yes. you know, like that many times in our life, we were giving, we were birthing and creating things that otherwise we couldn't have a baby, you know, so we took the opportunity to give uh, way to other things. And thank God we did, because mm -hmm. now we don't have the time. You know, we don't exactly. have the time or the energy Energies. or the mm. money mm. <laughs> to do any of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all going down this little person, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so I think that I think it's valid. I think it's beautiful, uh, and I think it's it's wonderful. But I just wouldn't compare or wouldn't even like try to like kind like of put merge. one next to the other. Like I just yes. think it's complete different. Experience experiences yes. but i think that depending where we are in our walk of life mm. those are exactly. very valid um definitely yes um experiences and beautiful mm. you know um mm. in different ways and how what more um because having a kid is really not as self-fulfilling as you know creating a fortune 500 <laughs> You know, um, in the sense that a child is like you, you pour so much into them and, and, and it takes years before you can see them like mm -hmm. fully flourish. developed and flourish and whatever. And obviously they're super cute, but they are so, so like they don't care about you at all, you know. And when you're building a, a you're building a, something with your own hands you know it's like also very fulfilling as a person you know who is i'm a working mom and mm -hmm. every mom is a working mom but i mean i work outside the home and i work mm -hmm. in my home mm -hmm. um i can say that i find a lot of fulfillment working outside the home mm -hmm. that i don't find in working at home and I find working at home fulfilling in ways that working outside the home doesn't fulfill me. So I think I that, that depending on your personality or your dreams or your talent, um, I think that you could have different experiences and they can be very mm -hmm. fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was, that's that was beautiful. That. Yeah. You said that it was really painful going through all the fertility treatment. But how was your pregnancy? How did you leave the night months of people yeah. expecting? So, well, having established that I have a hormonal imbalance, I think is important because a lot of people don't know this, but um, gestational diabetes is hormonal. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. people think that if you drink, if you eat too much sugar or something, then you're going to have 
uh, gestational diabetes. The gestational mm. diabetes is hormonal. So if you have a hormonal imbalance, the chances that you will have um, gestational diabetes are very high. Mm-hmm. So for me, I already knew that this could be a possibility because that already is something that was keeping me from getting pregnant. So mm-hmm. I knew that it could be a problem. So I every week that I would go for my checkups, because when you have infertility, they check you every week for the first like 11 weeks or something. And so I would ask them, check my blood, check my blood. Like check my blood, check my blood, and they would be checking my blood every. And this is the reason why they found out very early that I had gestational mm-hmm. diabetes, which I'm very thankful mm-hmm. because I was able to manage it with exercise and food. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really have to take medication until the last three weeks of my pregnancy, and mm-hmm. I went the full forty weeks. So, you know, um, yeah. I did. So, besides that, which is very challenging having gestational diabetes because when you're pregnant you sometimes want to eat everything the box like everything you're just so hungry and sometimes you're super nauseous and sometimes you're super tired it's everything so my experience was that having gestational diabetes made my pregnancy hard Mm -hmm. uh, from that point of view because I had to be very careful I had to check my blood six times a day you know um mm. i had to, uh, to uh count my ca- my cards every single meal so it was very hard to on the go i like i said i work i have meetings i have all kinds of things and i'm pregnant and so i have to be planning my food and planning what i'm doing and at the same time i was very nervous that um, that could affect my baby in any way. So that added a level of stress that I really wish I didn't have to deal with. But otherwise, honestly, I I had a wonderful pregnancy. Like I was very strong until the end. Like I was not sick. I was like I had a little, I was a little pukey at the beginning. Like I was a little nauseous, but I didn't really puke. Um, you know, I had a really chill pregnancy. I did not gain any weight. If anything, I, I lost weight while I was pregnant because of the gestational diabetes. And, um, and yeah, so it was really nice. Like, I really didn't have a complicated pregnancy, thank God. Um, but having that, the gestational diabetes did add a level of, difficulty and a level of it's it's more inconvenient than anything else um but um otherwise it was a really great pregnancy Uh, yeah thankfully yeah thankfully yeah yeah and did you have a uh what's it called a vaginal birth is that how vaginal yeah a vaginal vaginal, i did have a vaginal uh delivery my daughter it was a nine pound 21.7 inches so it was a big baby to deliver vaginally but i did deliver her vaginally um i was induced which is very common for people who have a gestational diabetes to be induced but he they uh, induced me the day before my due date 
and there was no place in the hospital. So they had to wait until late. So when I got there, it was like 9 p.m. at night. And um, I was, so that induced, inducing process can take from like. I was induced 10, for four days. I was going to say, it could take like a whole week, okay, even more oh until the baby comes. Well, I was induced for 12 hours. Look at that. Uh, well, actually, I should say 24 hours. But 24 hours, the baby came 24 hours after um, I was there, but I was um, in active labor labor for two hours and a half. And um, then the baby came and because I was in active labor labor for two hours and a half, which was a great, in a way, annoying, but great because um, she's in calm all at once. She came little by little. So her head was dropping little by little, little by little, little by little. It allowed them to, which is something I had requested for them to massage me, for them to, I didn't want them to rip. I didn't want to mm-hmm. rip and I didn't want mm-hmm. them to, and do incisions mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. so they put a lot of oil they massage me uh, mm-hmm. they like it because she was doing it slowly slowly um i on, only had two stitches even though i delivered a nine pound wow. when she was born let me tell you ladies i only had two pounds to lose because she was my belly was all big was all her it was all her like her legs were so long like when i saw her she took half my leg i was like oh wow she's so long i remember that's the first thing i said when i saw her (laughs) she's so long (laughs) well her father is tall so it makes sense right yeah yes I've never yes. met your husband. I just seen um, yes. the pictures. He's very but he's tall. Super tall. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, okay. it was yeah. So my my uh, induction was twenty four hours. Yeah, okay. which honestly is kind of short for yeah, anyone who knows about yeah inducing, and also I was very fortunate in that. Um, as I was being induced, my body was responding yes. the way that we expected my body to respond. So when they put the pitocin um, to kind of get the labor kick started, um, I already was my, um, so people don't talk about this, but there's three things that need to happen. Like not just mm-hmm. you be dilated to 10, like you mm-hmm. have to be, your cervix has to yeah, also has be to open. open and soft. Yeah. Yeah. And also the head of the baby has to be at the level that it needs to be for yeah. you to deliver. So yeah. even if you're dilated at a 10, but your cervix is not open, not you open. can't, so you know, you can't yeah. have the baby. Yeah. And if the head is not where it needs to be also, you're not ready to go like you're you can't, you can't push like you would push for nothing basically yeah. so when i arrived to, so it's a percentage the cervix is a percentage mm-hmm. so they'll tell you like it's 50 percent if or 70 percent. so when i arrived you the goal is to be a hundred percent if okay mm-hmm. so when i arrived i was already 50 percent if wow so that helped mm-hmm. um to kind of get kickstart, even though I was dilated only to one, 
my cervix was already soft was and was already like open to 50%. So that was great because once the, the Pitocin started kicking in, um, I started dilating really quickly. So, um, you know, but I did have a little bit of a <laughs> crazy little thing is that when I arrived, they were going to put, they were going to put this, it's like a suppository to, yeah. um, in your cervix to kind of yeah. um, get, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. To get it, to get your cervix uh, open. To open. Yeah. yeah. And they were going to put, I wanted something more, less invasive. So they were going to put a balloon. Inside. Yeah, I had the balloon too. Okay, so they right. Okay, I'm learning how a lot what, of things today. Okay, how? Okay, so the guy comes. It's, it was a male doctor, which in that hospital is mostly women. It's a women's hospital, so there's so many women. Most of the physicians are women, but mm. it was a man. So he comes, and he ha- his job is to insert this plastic thing into my cervix mm-hmm. to to put the balloon and once the balloon is inside they inflate it while it's inside okay Mm -hmm. well that was so painful to me yeah i don't know how it was for you um um but i was like i couldn't stay still (laughs) like i was like my husband was like okay you need to stop like you need to stop like you can't keep going like you can't the doctor was like so frazzled by my reaction how i was like Mm -hmm. in so much pain and i was like moving Mm -hmm. so much that he was like Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you rest in an hour i'm gonna come back or in two hours i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna have another doctor try Mm -hmm. if you haven't dilated if you Mm -hmm. already dilated past because he's like the balloon is only gonna dilate you one or two so if you are past that we're we're not going to even worry about it. So I text my husband texts our family and says, guys pray because Val cannot do the balloon. Like she absolutely cannot. Like she's in so much pain from it. And I remember that I started to panic because I was like, if a little balloon is making, giving me this much pain, how am I going to react when it's time to give birth to this little baby? And I remember I started getting like an anxiety attack. Like I started getting wow. so nervous. I was like, and I and I was in the bed and I was like, babe, babe, I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I should I should tell him to just do a C section, you know, like because I don't think I can do this. And I remember like I was like freaking out. My husband said, Hey baby, look. He had brought the sound machine for the baby from here. He brought it to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He put it on. He had made like a little playlist of like worship songs he puts it on mm-hmm. he beams the lights he's like okay baby you know what we're gonna try to sleep he's like mm-hmm. let's pray and let's try to sleep and let's mm-hmm. try to make a decision in two hours when they come back let's see where right. you are and then we can like decide and i remember like we prayed and as he was praying i fell asleep mm-hmm. and i slept that was the last time i slept well guys because then my <laughs> baby came <laughs> never again <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I had better naps while I was in labor in, uh, in than labor? since the baby <laughs> has been born. Okay, let's just say that. <laughs> Let it yeah, be that's known. what these babies do to us, man. Oh Trust my me. Jesus. So anyway, wow. that's how it was for me. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. Whoa! Yeah, after just... after the the doctor didn't have to insert this balloon. 
two. I had dilated more than four. So they were like, wow. it's, it's useless now. So let's just wait. And so then next time they checked me, I was at a five. And then I stayed stuck at five and a half for like five hours. Mm-hmm. And then um, they checked me again. I was at a seven. From seven to 10, it was like this. I was at a seven. Mm-hmm. Then, then the doctor came and said, um, I want to break your water. And I was like, absolutely not i'm gonna tell anybody that hears this and that is like preparing to give birth or whatever is do your research like take all your classes and do your research like follow accounts that are super pro western medicine and those who are more like doulas and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things like follow all of them Mm -hmm. and then make your choice and ask the questions and make sure that you know what your rights are. Like, Ooh, as yeah. a person who is giving birth, what can you say no to? What can you say, yeah. please do it later? I don't want this. This is what I want. Like, when you're making your birth plan, yeah. um, that yeah. you know what you're allowed to ask for and not. Because that was so helpful for me because I was mm-hmm. like, no. Because if you break my water and then the baby doesn't have enough liquid, you're going to say, oh, well now we have to do a C-section. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not here for that. If I, if yeah. I made it this far, I don't, I didn't have a problem having a C-section, but I just didn't want them to do it just because, you know, like, oops, you know. So, but then the doctor explained to me and said, you know what, the baby's head is, is, uh, has gone down on one side, but not on the other mm. because the water is keeping her from going down. So yeah. if I break it, she's going to drop and she broke my water and in less than an hour or two hours that baby my contractions went from like a five to like a nine and a half like I'm like dying you know (laughs) yeah so then that's when I started active labor so Mm -hmm. I went from a seven to a ten in like less than like an hour and then I was in active labor labor for two hours and a half and it was my poor husband like the doula that was supposed to be with me didn't show up she was double booked and so she didn't show up so I was by myself with the nurses and so my husband um first of all remember I'm having a baby in a pandemic so I didn't have in-person classes, like yeah. how to breathe. Yeah. I did. I watched all my classes and everything, but it's not the same when you do it with people in person. Like it's not mm-hmm. at all the same. So when I, I remember when they told me to push the first time, they're like, oh, yo, she doesn't know how to push. Like she, mm, no, we need to help her. Like, <laughs> I was like, sorry, I've never done this. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So. So I remember, so the nurse, um, she said, okay, when you take a deep, deep breath, like, ah, uh, and then you, when you push, you keep your breath, count to 10. And when, so when you do this, she was like, all the air that's inside is going to push. So mm-hmm. that way you can capitalize more on the push. Mm-hmm. But imagine doing crunches for two hours and a half, like... I'm not bad in shape, you know? <laughs> so then 
I saw then my husband was for two hours lifting me up so I could do my crunch and like, and he would like push me. Like, so I would hold my leg. He was holding one leg with one arm, holding me, my torso with the other. And the nurse was with the other leg and I was holding my two legs and I was like, for two hours and a half. Two hours. That's a teamwork, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, my husband was so dehydrated and tired because like he didn't, he was with adrenaline. Like he Yeah, yeah, he wasn't thinking. He was just going like. He did nothing. He would give me water. And forget to drink. And it's funny because they say like when you're about to give birth, like you start kind of losing your mind a little bit. Did you did you have a vaginal birth or did you have a C-section? No, a C-section. A C-section. I wasn't after four days. I wasn't um, di- dilating. I don't know these terms. Oh, diluting wow. or dilating. Yeah, dilating. Baby definitely. was moving all around. He wasn't ready. He wasn't oh. Ready. Anyways, because they said I had high blood pressure, they didn't want it to become preeclampsia. Yeah, so yeah. you know the whole drill. Yeah, because um, C-section was like it was a no-no for me. I was like, I'm gonna push this baby out, but it didn't work out like that, you know. So um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard yeah. because you're not in control. It's crazy. Yeah. You're not in control, and what makes you feel in control is what I explained is like to know your rights. I was prepared for both scenarios. I made my research for both, whether I have a C-section or a vaginal, I'm ready. I brought everything to the hospital. I was like, either way, this baby's coming home with me. I don't care. Like, I'm good, you know? Um, but when it, I saw that I had to push, which was kind of scary, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're about to give birth, you start losing your mind a little bit. Like, you don't make sense what you're saying. And that's how you know that the pain and, like, everything is, like, really high. And I remember I started saying, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> like, bro, like, the baby's you do half this. out. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the nurse, my nurse was so amazing. Like, seriously, she... Those women are, I wow, like seriously, I had the best, best care, like best care. Mm, but she, I remember when she saw me that I was so tired already. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. She was like, girl, you're almost done. Like, you're almost done. And then she walked by casually because she was in. She wasn't even there. Like she was like preparing the room for the for the thing. It's not like we see in the movies. Like mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not gonna call the doctor until when you push and you breathe in, the head stays out. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna because every time I would go, she would come in. So mm-hmm. and when I would push, you could see her head. But then if she would. It, it keeps going so, in and out. Mm. Yeah, so like you have to, you have so you have to keep pushing, pushing, so she can drop, 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 drop until mm. she stays out. So there's enough of her head out. But they're like, okay, now it's time to call the doctor. You know. So she is like, all oh, casual. She's like, you know, girl. She told me, she's like, you know, girl, you're gonna be able to put a bow on your daughter today. That's how much hair she has. And I was like, <laughs> you can see her hair. She was like, yeah, girl. Oh. And she even took my hand and she put it so I could touch oh. her hair. And I was like, I was like she has so much hair. So which, much hair. You know, she has so much hair. Yeah. And I was like, she has so much hair. She was like, yeah. And she 
she knew what she was doing because like yeah. that gave yeah. me like it motivated <sighs> you i was like yeah. i can do this i can do this yeah. i was like yeah and yeah. i remember like she would tell me like she was like okay when you when you count to 10 she's like you can sometimes count to 10 more like two or three times like if you mm-hmm. hold your breath like really well you can sometimes do it more than once well mm-hmm. i sometimes i was like get this baby out like i was like i can do more i can do i was like i can do four counts that's 40 seconds of oh. me like holding my holding it. Like, you know i was like come on and like i remember there was my husband kept saying oh like i can see her head i can see her head i can see her head but after two hours and a half he keeps saying i can see her head You're like okay I is remember, there like, her head? <laughs> i remember looking at him and being like stop saying that you can see her head that's not encouraging anymore. <laughs> Yo, honestly, like, big up all the men that are in that labor room with their wives, okay? Because it takes so real to like to handle. So he all was that. like, he was like, okay. After I gave birth, I was like, I remember they rolled me out with the with the machine uh, with the sorry the the wheelchair. Um, yeah, the wheelchair. I was like, everybody bow down bow down like i just gave birth to human like i'm a superhero like i was like nobody could tell me anything like if my husband said something i was like well did you give birth to a baby (laughs) did you give birth to a baby though like nobody could tell me nothing because i was like "Uh uh-uh my husband's like babe you are he's like like i already had such respect for you but like he saw everything, like yeah. everything. He was yeah. like, like yeah. that's insane. insane. He's like, I don't even know how you're okay right now. Like yeah. <laughs> crazy. Like he was like, like he is like in awe. Like he's mm-hmm. like, oh my god. So yeah, I say shout out to the men also that are like there, like they yes. And there, but I think the real test of a of a companionship comes after you have a baby, not necessarily when you give the ba- give birth. Obviously, that's a very important part. But yeah. it's after, because there's there's yeah there's that's the a real lot. Test. <laughs> there's definitely a lot. So, um, Valerie, before we we let you go, I know that we could go on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> What would you, what would be your last words to women that are going through infertility? Yeah, to give hope, a word of hope. Well, um, not even just infertility, just women, because we go through so much as women. Like, infertility is just one part. Yeah. Just women that are experiencing just a hard time in in their lives, especially in, in a time like this. Yeah. Um, I would say um, it's really hard to understand timing. Like, I think timing could seem like it's an enemy in terms of like, maybe things are not happening on my time or on my schedule. But also time can be our greatest ally in terms of like, uh, giving us time to maybe heal, maybe grow, maybe save. Uh, maybe get out of debt, maybe um, learn a new skill, maybe uh, work on that relationship with 
you know, a parent or a sibling that, you know, I haven't been able to speak to in years um, before I get what I'm waiting for or what is that I wish for. So I would say as a word of encouragement, waiting is not necessarily a passive thing. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like a, like a waiting room. Like, you know, when you're at the doctor and you're waiting to go to the doctor, it's like the most boring place to be. You know, it makes no sense while you're there. It doesn't have to be like that in life. You know, it could be waiting can be actually a very fulfilling and rewarding time if we learn to put our focus and our energy in places that could prepare us for what it is that we are hoping for or building towards. My husband and I always said that whether we had a baby or not, that we wanted to have a full life um, for us. That was, we had a list of things that we wanted to just get done and we attacked that list, you know, and we are so happy that we did because today it really helps us enjoy uh, our baby and gives us the space to enjoy her in a, in a, we're in a better place mentally, in a better place financially, in a better place, just in many areas of life that sometimes you're like, oh, if I had this, then I would do this and that. But like, I had to challenge myself. What if I never get that? Then what? Am I putting my whole life on hold for that? Uh, before you get married, you're like, oh, if I had a man, I would do this. You know, like, or if I, if I had a house, then I would do this. If I, if I was debt free, then I would do this. Um, if I had time, then I would do that. And the, the reality is that we're never going to get more than 24 hours. We're never going to get, um, sometimes it's not realistic for us to wait until we have to make the time and we have to make those small steps towards um, what we, it is that we, we hope we have and we, um, we one day receive. So I just want to encourage people to everyone, whoever is listening, you know, um, with all respect, because I know that if you're not there, it's fine. And if this is triggering again, like don't feel like you have to even yes. address this, but um Timing is not always our enemy. It doesn't have to be. And waiting doesn't have to be a season, a dormant season. It doesn't have to be like a really boring, stagnant period. It can be very exciting and it can be very fulfilling and rewarding as well as we uh, wait for what it is that we want. There is a biblical principle and obviously, as a pastor, I have to finish with a biblical thought Let's do it. <laughs> to say um, the Bible says, and I think this is a very good financial principle. It says that whoever is faithful in the little, uh, more will be given to them or they will be yes. able to manage bigger more. things. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that and that applies to our everyday life. If I can manage my emotions now. Where mm. I will be able to manage the emotions of a little baby that is going mm. bananas in my hands, you know, um, mm. and and that's a lot, that takes a lot of healing, that takes mm-hmm. therapy, that takes um, mm. you know a lot of healing, again mm. healing of patterns, you know, um, and so if we are faithful in the little, um, there is uh, that promise that God will be able to put us in to take care of of 
bigger and more things. So I really hope that that will become a reality to all of the people who are listening um, today. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Valerie, for blessing Thank us with you. your story and inspiring us with your your wisdom, your words of wisdom. Yeah. Thank you so much. Such a privilege. You get you ladies are doing such a great job. I'm tuning in for the self care um <laughs> sessions because I need them all. <laughs> so I am <laughs> tuning in for those. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm I'm just super emotional, so I'm grateful. Grateful. Until very soon, y'all. This was Valerie Moreno. Yes. Thanks. We are so grateful that you tuned in into this episode today. Do not forget to subscribe to us, rate us, and share our content with a friend or two. Until our next amazing episode, stay blessed, stay Gucci. One love. <laughs>